Today I'm with an exceptional young man called Pierre Ferrola, who apparently grew up with fins on his feet in Monaco. He is a four times world record holder of free immersion. And in 2007, he decided to stop competing and dedicate his life to protecting our oceans. And he also started his own school, Le Col Bleu, in 2002. And he teaches people his passion. But Pierre is a multitask person. I bumped into him at so many events in Monaco. He's also been in loads of TV series and made movies. And he belongs to so many charities. The main one is Princess Charlene's Foundation. He's an ambassador and he um, helps. He's passionate about teaching children how to swim. And he's also a member of Peace and Sport. And this is only 54 elite athletes who are dedicated to make a change in the world through peace. And this is, although it's international, it's based in Monaco as well. And he does so many other exceptional things. He's got a massive heart. So welcome, Pierre. Thank you so much for joining us on Wellness Spring today. How are you? <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, in fact, you said something wrong. You said I'm, uh, I'm young and I am 46 years old. So I think it's finished for me. I'm not still so young. Oh, I don't agree. Age is only a number and you've only just celebrated your birthday on Valentine's Day. Um, uh, exactly, two days ago, yeah. Exactly. And can you tell the audience a bit about your life, your background, your history, and what led you to be this incredible extreme athlete that you are today? Well, in fact, it's um, very interesting, but very easy to explain that. I'm born uh, the 14th of February, uh, 1975 in Monaco. My father uh, was a champion of free diving and spur fishing in the 60s, oh. from the 60s to the 70s. In 72, he stopped his career. He was not a career, it was a passion. It was an athlete like that. And we grown up with my brother in this family full of uh, love of the ocean, uh, love of the fish, love of the passion of the spur fishing and the free diving. In fact, the free diving uh, was not existing um, exactly um, like I am doing it since uh, I'm young. But we were focusing with my brother um, with spur fishing and free diving. We wanted uh, to find a treasure because we were thinking that our father uh, was hiding a treasure under the water because he was always saying to us, don't jump in the water, don't swim alone, don't go under the water, don't dive. And everybody, the friend of our uh, father, were explaining uh, the magical of his life, all the trips he did, all the big fish he catch, he coach, all the, uh, the many adventures and encounter he had in his past. So we were very interesting with my brother, like, 
if this adult doesn't want us to dive under the water in the ocean, it is because he has hidden a treasure under the water. So we started at five, six, seven years old to jump in the water uh, to find the treasure. We didn't find the treasure. <laughs> we found our passion. We understood that the treasure was uh, living his passion every day. In fact, he was afraid for us because it is dangerous to leave the children in the ocean alone. It is um, um, dangerous for the children to go down very deep. And we wanted uh, to be our father, to do exactly the same than him, because all these histories uh, and the stories were surprising, especially because uh, our father stopped diving in 74. So we never seen him under the water, except in 1989, I remember, after the Big Blue, the movie, um, yeah. because his friend, uh, gives him a brand new wetsuit and new things and he started again to jump in the water but from the 75 years of the year 75 uh, to the 89 we didn't saw him diving so that's why um, my uh, interest for the ocean uh, grown up day by day yeah after that I understood that uh, in the world of the adults, the adult, adult world, yeah. uh, all the adults have to go to job, to work, and they were not very happy to do it. I saw so many adults uh, waking up in the morning and saying, oh, I have to go to job, to work, I have to go to the office, and they were so sad to do it. And I was very afraid about that because I said, I have to go every day at the school. I don't like that. I have to go to the college after the university. I don't like that. And in fact, all, uh, during all my life, I will be sad to do some things. But I encounter, I met adults very happy to have their life because they were living their passion. So I understood that if I understood what was my passion and if I live my passion every day, I would certainly be very happy. I understood that my passion was the ocean, uh, living in the sea, in the ocean, meeting all the big animals, big the mammals. Um, so I decided to become uh, an instructor in diving, in free diving. And I started to train very hard for that. And I became an instructor in freediving and diving, and I became a French champion one, two, three, four times after two times European champion and at the end four times world champion. And now I have built my own school. In fact, I have three schools, one of diving, one of freediving and one of water safety, specially dedicated for the youngest from eight years old uh, until 80 years old. <laughs> And uh, we are working with all my team uh, since uh, 2002 in this, um, in this way. Wow. Is your brother older or younger than you? My brother uh, is born in 77. He's uh, two years um, younger than me. Yeah, because um, I know you've often said that he used to inspire you and motivate you to go that step further. So, who or what inspired you most 
in life with your diving? Uh, in fact, at first it was my father who inspired me a lot. Um, this was the, the way I wanted to follow. But I saw on TV the Commandant Cousteau when I was young. Uh, I understood his life, his way of thinking, his way of uh, taking care of the, the ocean. And especially, Commandant Cousteau was able to say, I apologize. Because when I started diving, I did many things. I didn't knew that it was bad, for example, putting dynamite on coral reefs, uh, catching many sharks and everything. They were adventurers. But year after years, they understood that the environment where they were um, living every day, the sea, the ocean, was really, really, really uh, fragile. And they decided at first to change the things, to change uh, the way of looking at the sea. Uh, and they were able, and especially Commandant Cousteau, to say, I apologize, I'm sorry, I did bad things, and now I will try to do better things. So it was for me something very important in life. When we grow up year after year, we try things. Uh, we choose a way, and when we are young, we are sure that this is the good way. And when an adult or older old person, um, a holder, uh, explained to us, you should not do that. It would be better uh, for you to do this way. You will certainly say, I have to, I'm sure I am on the good way and I want to follow my way to find the solution by myself. And if I fail, it's a way of uh, um, getting, having more experiences. In fact, I decided to build my own school, especially uh, dedicated for children, because for me, it's very important to give them apologize about what the, our generation and the older generation uh, did uh, wrong. We did many bad things. So in, at first, we have to apologize to the new generation. And secondly, um, we can't say to them, now you have to do that or that. It's impossible to do that. Um, we have to give them many tools. We have to give and explain them how to use these tools. They have to uh, understand how to focus uh, on a goal to reach. And with all this um, mode of explanation, uh, we will give them the power to build a sustainable uh, present and future for them, a sustainable mode of being better than um, the world we are uh, leaving to them, a bad world, the bad world. And especially with these tools and this uh, new mode of doing, um, uh, to be able for them to build their own masterpiece. Fantastic, because I think most children, if you tell them not to do something, they want to do it. But I think it's incredible that you and your brother learned at a very young age what your passion was about. Because some people are like 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and some people die and still don't know what their passion is. So with you, um, how did you, because obviously with your father and the diving, 
did you learn yourself how to hold your breath on land or did you hold it underwater and time both. how long you could hold it for? Both, both. Uh, when I started to free dive, um, I was uh, learning the thing by myself with my friends. Uh, we didn't have internet in the past, so we opened some books, uh, some TV shows, uh, but it was not very known. And in fact, in 1994, I met uh, Claude Chapuis in France, in south of France, with um, a big band of brothers like Loïc Leferme, Olivier Le, Jean-Marc Dominique, Mathilde Fouchard, uh, Marc Ounil. Uh, many good friends, they became very good friends, but at first they were uh, proposing um, to people who wanted to um, try freediving, uh, they were proposing the first workshop of the world. It wasn't wow. existing in the past. Um, it was the first team in the world. Uh, so um, I became a member of this team in 1994. We started training together. Uh, we started at first to um, uh, uh, do the workshops and after organizing the workshops together. And in 1996, we organized with this team the first world championship uh, of freediving. It was the first of the world. In the past, all the free divers were competing in records uh, alone. Uh, they were uh, planning a, a dive, explaining to the media and the world that they were trying to reach the tag at the bottom, and that's it. But there was never had before a big meeting with uh, 200 uh, athletes in the same time, in the same way, uh, to try to compete together. So we organized it at first. And in uh, the same time, we were uh, uh, organizing, planning, writing all the rules of being a freediver in the world, being a freediver in the sea, uh, making all the pedagogic rules and all that things. And we learned by ourselves how to hold our breath, how to go down, how to... Um, um, link ourselves to a rope with a lanyard uh, to start to uh, understand the different way of compensation, equ equilibration about the ears, the sinuses, the lungs and all that things. And year after years, we grown up all together in this way. In fact, we can say that um, we invented the free diving lessons, workshop competitions, and um, a way of doing free diving because before 1994, it was in fact not existing for real, only for Jacques Mayol, Umberto Pellizzari, uh, Raymond Dubuquer, and Enzo Mallorca. Only four people in the world, perhaps the Frank Messeguet and two or three American people, but they were just trying things like that by their own. It was not uh, a big band of brothers of the world doing all the, the things together. It was not a community at first. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. I didn't realize the background of that. And I know when I listened to um, your talk with TED Talks in... Just look at that. This is the first freediving team of the world. Wow. Capuis, uh, Olivier Le, Yoram Zekri, um, Loïc Lefern, and myself. 
1996, it was the first French team, but it was the first team who organized all that uh, events, workshops, and all that things. So um, we are a bit proud of that. But what's more important than that is that we were able to uh, follow the good way to reach our goal and make this possible to happen for all the others. So um, I'm very happy for that. And so you should be. That's an amazing and incredible achievement which will inspire young children and adults all around the world to follow their passion and to do something. So what tips would you give to people who want to start out to be a free diver or to be an athlete, for example? Uh, to be an athlete, you have to take your time. At first, when you want to dive, when you want to go in the water, uh, in a swimming pool or in the sea, never free dive or never dive alone. Always dive with a buddy. It's so important because when you are under the water, somebody is looking after you to make the security, the surety, uh, when the safety. When you come back to the surface, at that time, you become the safety freediver and the other guy can dive uh, in this time. So it's very important not to be alone and to be close together. It's not mm -hmm. like we go in the water together, but I am uh, at 100 meters uh, to you. No, we have to be close and one on the surface, one on the bottom. Never two freediver at the bottom in the same time. This is the first time, the first thing. Uh, the second is take the time to learn yourself. Take the time. Be patient. It's very important uh, to follow some values uh, when you want to become an athlete. Courage, honor, fraternity, um, humility, um, shareness. And uh, it's so, so, so important um, to follow these values, uh, to follow the values of the high-level sports uh, to become an athlete. It's very important because this is an um, outdoor activity. And the outdoors activities are brilliant, um, uh, beautiful, but they are and can be very dangerous. So we have to take the time. Uh, don't think to become a champion. Just think to become a free diver, a waterman. Mm. Um, um, drink the sea, become the sea in the sea. Uh, go and meet all the beauty of the ocean. Uh, swim with whales, swim with dolphins, swim with sharks, catch some fish, share it, cook it, with your friends, your family, your girlfriend, your husband, uh, uh, your children. Um, take the time to have a big nap on the sea, in front of the sea on the beach. Take the time to feel the sea in your skin, in your uh, bones, in yourself. Become the sea in the sea. At that moment, you will be able to start to train, to become more than a waterman and perhaps an athlete. But at first, the most important is to feel the water, the ocean, um, the, um, 
the values, the respect we have to, and we need to have uh, to be accepted in the water because we can't fight the water. The water is 800 um, uh, times more powerful than us. So we have to be humble in the water, very, very humble in the water. Yeah, I totally agree because I've done a lot of sailing and I say to people, you have to have so much respect for the elements because you never know how the weather can change in an instant. And I know you've talked about your fear of sharks, but I would like to know, have you ever been fearful of the dark because you go down so deep and I've heard you talk about how dark it becomes? And I also want to know, have you had a fear of choking or drowning underwater, not having been able to hold your breath and come up? Um, in fact, when I was young, I was totally afraid, like many, many uh, youngs, I think, uh, about the darkness. I understood that um, when you close your eyes, everything is dark. So if you're afraid of the darkness, close your eyes and that's done at first. So I started uh, to, to uh, walk on the way, uh, closing my eyes to be able to uh, accept the darkness. It was my first step to fight my fear because um, I started very young to be uh, ashamed, uh, to be afraid. For me, it was very special. I don't want to be. Uh, um, I don't want to be fed by the fear. I don't want to be afraid. I want to be proud. I want to be proud. So I didn't want to accept uh, to have fear uh, to um, to be afraid. Um, it was my first big fight uh, to accept to be uh, like everybody and to have fear. It was the first thing. Secondly, I was totally afraid because of Joe's the movie about the sharks and I didn't realize that um, it was a big paradox to want to be uh, the best freediver of the world because the best freediver of the world have to go down alone in the darkness of the ocean and I was totally afraid to meet a shark, a shark I'd never seen before. So it was a fight every day when I was young training but the, with the fear in the stomach, um, uh, having the fear to meet a shark, a shark I've never seen before. So it was a big fight. So I had to, uh, to make um, a choice. Uh, giving, giving up, I had to give up or to fight and to catch the shark by its teeth, not the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the bull by his uh, own, but the shark by his teeth. So I decided... Uh, to catch the shark by his teeth. So I took a plane, I went in uh, Indian Ocean and I wanted to um, meet the shark I've never seen before to see uh, if it's really dangerous and something like that. So I uh, landed, I um, took a car, uh, went to the beach uh, with a holder explaining me because I did not have uh, my driving license, explaining me um, uh, what is a shark or those, uh, how do we have to react uh, in front of the shark. I put it in my, my wetsuit, my mask, my snorkel, my fins. I jumped in the water and after perhaps 10 minutes, I seen my first shark, a big yellow uh, full of teeth lemon sharks. 
Wow. And do you know uh, what's happened at this moment? When the shark seen me, he ran away. He was totally afraid of me. In fact, I was the shark for the shark. He was afraid of me. And I understood that um, we are only afraid about the thing we don't know, the unknown. We are afraid about the unknown. When we know the things, we are able to uh, catch them, to uh, learn uh, to them, and to understand the things. So, in fact, the best fight in the life, in life for people, is to make the unknown known. This is the only um, thing I have really, really understood in my life. Wow. This is the love for the chocolate. Uh, but uh, <laughs> to make known the unknown, you will grow up as impossible as you can be. You are unstoppable. I know that. And yeah. it's, it's great that you, um, you know, that's wonderful words of advice to young people to face your fears and to make known the unknown. Because um, at the moment, as you know, everybody's fearful about um, COVID and what's going to happen. So I don't know how it's affected your business there in Monaco. But again, it all goes down to the breathing as well. You know, I think if everybody can master how to breathe properly, they will let go of a lot of their fears as well. What's your point of view? My point of view is um, the only thing we are sure is life. We don't know what's happened after when we are dying about mm -hmm. paradise, hell, all that things. We know the, the things we feel, um, the people with we share the things, the discussion we can have, the love we can share with people and all that things. So, um, to uh, be able to um, walk, we need to put a uh, step after one and like that. So we have a new challenge on Earth. This is COVID. It's since only one year that things have changed. What is one year in humanity, in our life? It's nothing. It mm. can change many things in the business. That's a good thing. Like that, we have to plan new things to think about new mode of doing. Um, we can't give courses since one year. Mm. It's affecting a lot our business in diving, but we have find solutions to make other plan to uh, give a different sort of mode of doing the lessons, um, uh, like e-learning, uh, one by one, um, uh, Zoom and uh, views, uh, uh, connections like that, yeah. interviews. So we have to take the time with our friends, with the family. We have less meeting, so we have more time. Uh, uh, we can make, uh, 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 we can dream more than in yes. the past. We can read more than in the past. We have plenty of time to live. What's more important to, um, uh, um, to, 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 um, to work every day 
or to live every day? I think the, the answer is in the question. Oh, absolutely. I, and it's wonderful to hear these words coming from you because family is important, me time is important because most people are busy 24-7 hours a day. You know, they don't stop and relax and look within. And I know with you, when you go dive deeply, you have to look within and find out what really makes you tick and who is the real me. So I think this has been a big opportunity for people to connect inside and also connect, you know, with their family and friends once more, but find out who they are and what they really want to be doing with their lives instead of pleasing other people. So I know, Pierre, you have to fly because you are so super busy helping everyone. So if there was one thing you could do to change the world, what would it be? If I could do something to change the world, um, I can't change the world. Um, you know, something happened with me um, uh, two weeks ago, and I was really surprised to see uh, that. Um, we were in Caribbean with my family, and uh, we were walking uh, with many friends, and one of our friends had a baby, mm -hmm. uh, a real baby. Huh? And in fact, this baby um, uh, was very, very young. And um, it was starting raining very, very hard. I was not in the group at that moment, I was uh, talking with my friends, so we were separated. And the first group, with the girls and the baby, um, were running uh, to a restaurant to find a place to um, be protected because it was not only the rain, it was a big storm. Uh, and I was hiding under a tree with my friends waiting for the end of the storm. Um, and uh, they wanted to go in the restaurant and the people were in the restaurant said, sorry, we are closed. And they were on the rain with the winds, with a baby, a small, real baby, something like six or seven years old, uh, six months. or seven months. Yeah. And they didn't want to open the door for them. And they led oh. them under the storm. It was crazy for me. I, I, I knew that after when I uh, came back to the, um, to the autumn. And I was very surprised about that. How can it be in our uh, uh, worlds? Uh, how can't we help people for something like that? Mm. It's so surprising. So what can we change? we could change everything. We just could uh, talk to people to uh, try to be more human with human, with more um, uh, respectable with the nature. We could just, I can't imagine that in uh, 2021, we are still trying to catch animals in the nature to put them in a zoo or mm -hmm. in a, a sea world uh, or marine and something like yeah. that. It's, it's crazy. So um, I think 
I don't know what I could do. I, I, I just know what I uh, uh, would say. Uh, please, more human. Yeah. Well, I think you covered a lot just in that small story saying about... Please be less human. Yes. Be, be, be kind and compassionate and caring and respectful. And this is the way we can all move together to a kind, caring, peaceful world so the children of the future can learn to live as one and respect Mother Earth and Mother Nature and humanity. And Pierre, you've been doing this for years. This is something you've taught since you were very young. And I know you are the shining light in Monaco, respecting, you know, you see the big picture for the children, the future of the world. And I know you've already made a huge impact, not only on the people in Monaco, everybody in the world and everybody who listens to your talk. So on that note, I want to say, keep shining, keep smiling, keep doing your good work. And I feel very honored and blessed to spend this quality time with you. Thank you so much. I am very honored to have been invited by you. Thank you so much.